time to thrive. Welcome to the Thrivology Podcast with Dr. Lee Bauckham. Join us as we explore ways that you can thrive in your life, regardless of what life throws at you. It's your life. Time to live it. So what exactly is reality and how do you form it? Are there ways that you can actually control the way the world moves around you? But more than that, are you willing to experiment and see how that works for you? Today, my guest is Carl Hunter. Carl Hunter calls himself the reality adjuster and says that he has the capacity of helping people to form the reality of the way the world is interacting with them, what comes to them in their life. He's an artist, an entrepreneur, and transformation coach, along with a subconscious mind programming expert. He's also the creator of the Mind Power Acceleration Technology called Mind Flavors. Now, he began the self-development journey as a young child by seeking ways to improve his own behavior in order to get better results in all areas of his life. He really started pursuing it seriously, though, in 1987 when he discovered a powerful method to reprogram his own subconscious mind. This led to him achieving his dreams by the age of 31, traveling around the world, getting into a diamond business, and moving to the Virgin Islands where he spent many years enjoying a tropical island life. I'd, I'd love to do that myself. In early 2015, while continuing to pursue faster, more powerful methods of transformation, Carl discovered some really ancient power secrets, and he used these newfound ideas as he invented his revolutionary technology that has trumped all of his previous techniques for harnessing the power of the subconscious mind. Today, we are going to be talking about how you program that subconscious mind manually. Now, Carl says there's a faster way, but today we're going to talk about a manual way to do that and and something that you can actually experiment with even today, even tonight at least. So join me now as Carl and I discuss the ways that he sees the programming of the subconscious mind. So, Carl, I'm really excited to be talking with you because I'm, I'm wondering about this reality adjustment. <laughs> I think I might need some reality adjustment, and I think most people might need that. So I'm pretty excited to hear how you do that uh, in a way that can happen, as you say, even overnight. So before we get to that, let's talk about how you got to here and how you developed your ideas. So just, just give us a little background story about you. Okay, great. Well, thanks for having me on the show here today, Lee. Uh, I I got started in this subconscious programming stuff about 32-ish years ago, and I was at a point in my life where I just started a new business, uh, and everything was going well for about six months, and then all of a sudden, everything started falling apart, and I couldn't figure out why it was happening, and I was a hard worker, so I was no stranger to, to getting out there and and, and you know, making things happen, so to speak, but they were falling, did, they didn't stay together. They were falling apart. And I just thought there's got to be a better way. And it caused me to do a lot of deep soul searching. And I started searching for information and for a better way. And I came across some information that kind of started teaching me about the subconscious mind and how significant it influences our behavior and Uh, the outcomes that we experience in our lives. And I started to experiment with the the techniques. There was a particular, some information that I found that taught me that there's a, if you do some writing in a certain way and at a certain time, you can actually program your subconscious mind 
to do different things and create a different outcome in your world. And when I say a different outcome, it's mostly it's, it's how other people respond to you, how the world responds to you, and how easy or difficult things are in your life. And so that's really where I got started. And I, I started experimenting with it, and the results just blew me away. Literally overnight, I started seeing results and life-changing results. And I just decided then and there I was going to master the process. And for the last 32 years, I've been programming my subconscious mind with amazing results. It's very cool. So you basically created a laboratory for yourself. <laughs> exactly. So you, you were the guinea pig. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and, and what I like about that is the fact that you, it wasn't like you believed it and then set about to use it. You were coming in going, man, life's not working. Uh, the business that I expected is not going the way it is. What I want it to life's falling apart. I've got to find something else. Hmm. This looks interesting. Let's see what happens, which is a much more almost a skeptical way of going about it. Cool. Yes, I, I decided, OK, I'm just going to experiment and see what happens here. And so quickly it showed results. It really blew my mind. And I would to, to be honest with you, I was quite shocked that these are, this is not taught. This process isn't taught in schools because everyone can benefit from this. It's really life changing. So how did you stumble on it? You said you found it. How did you stumble on it? What were the circumstances around that? And uh, how did you first kind of set up your first experiment? A friend of a friend could see that I was going through a hard time. And her father had gone to some expensive seminar uh, where he, she let me take a look at the materials. Mm -hmm. She had recordings on audio. And the whole process was an, an elaborate process for transformation, which was great. However, the, there was a tiny little part of that where he talked about if you do some specific type of writing in a certain way at a certain time, that's how you can influence your subconscious mind. So uh, at the time, I was single and I was uh, in my early 20s. And he mentioned that uh, one of his clients was a woman that was a beautiful woman that wanted to date more and she wasn't getting asked out on dates. And so he told her to write, I project availability and attainability. And suddenly she started getting asked out on dates uh, because her subconscious mind was projecting that, uh, that she wasn't attainable. And so because the subconscious mind most of our communication is subconscious and it's running the show, so to speak. It's influencing our behavior because on an unconscious level, she was communicating that she wasn't uh, approachable or uh, that she wouldn't accept a date on uh, with, with folks, with guys that they wouldn't even bother to ask her because on an unconscious level, they knew that. So I decided to experiment with that and I wrote exactly that and the very next day i was walking down in the main street of the town that i was living in with my friend and all i did was i wrote i project availability and attainability and suddenly women were looking at me and smiling and my friend was a little more outgoing in, in the dating world than i was and 
So he, the first time it happened, he kind of looked at me like, oh, that was strange. Then it happened again, where uh, the woman walking the other direction just looked right up at me and, and smiled. And, and, and then it happened a third time where a woman was carrying things and she was looking down, truly just looking down at the sidewalk. As soon as we came the other direction, she looked directly at me, gave me a big smile, put her head back down and continued walking. And my friend grabbed me right there on the spot and he stopped me and he said, what is going on? Uh, you know, and I kind of chuckled because I knew that this was the subconscious programming and this is how it's starting to play out in my life. So did you add a line in there that said, you know, that I am available and, and my friend is not? Or did, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Or is it just about you? <laughs> you cut him off from his supply. <laughs> that's funny. So let's, let's talk a little bit about uh, two terms that you use there, unconscious and subconscious. What do you, how do you f define those in terms of this process? What are those different? Are they the same? What, what's the definition of that? Uh, pretty much the same. Uh, just kind of, I, I use the terms. I, I usually refer to the to it as the subconscious mind, but then I'll use the term being unconscious. Uh, it is it is unconscious because it's below our level of consciousness. So there is a distinction that it is separate, although it's we're all it's all connected. So uh, essentially, they're they're one and the same for the most part. Okay, so if um, I mean, there. Psychology struggles with that term some. Uh, you, for Freud, the subconscious, the unconscious was just a cesspool of stuff. And others have put in that there's motivation there. Um, um, it seems that these days uh, marketers love to appeal to our subconscious. And so there's a lot of um, – there's a wide range of definitions for that. Can you kind of put in a word what that – or a few words what subconscious would mean for you? The subconscious is the automatic portion of our brain, um, and really, it's uh, it, it goes beyond that. What what I've discovered with this new technology that I've created, uh, where we clear out the mind really quickly, and then what we find is that the subconscious is actually the body because the the cellular memory of those things continues to trigger our mind to stimulate us to feel feelings, to produce chemicals, to feed the addiction that our bodies get. So in a sense, this, the body has, has become the subconscious mind because it's triggering us on autopilot to do specific behaviors. <clears throat> Does that yeah, in fact, I was just going through a lot of research on trauma and how we hold trauma in our body so that our body tri you know, is triggered, uh, it creates a chemical cascade, but that our body is actually holding these thoughts as much as our, our mind is. So that certainly makes sense. So talk a little bit about um, how you approach this uh, reprogram. Let's just get into that. How do you do that? What, what are some ways that somebody can maybe do some experimenting like you did? Well, I like to start with, for, for personal development and transformation, um, I'd like to start by clearing out some of the core level beliefs that are limiting people because <clears throat> core level beliefs have a tendency to limit people kind of across the board in their lives in all areas. So if someone has a belief that they don't deserve to have success or they don't deserve to thrive uh, on any level like that on the unconscious or subconscious, then then the subconscious is going to continually recreate 
the circumstances and events to manifest that outcome. So uh, the way that I like to address the core level beliefs is to program specific things like uh, if, if it's just about generic success overall, uh, I would say uh, I am successful and my parents still love me. Okay, I am successful and my friends love and, and accept me. Uh, things like this, because there are some core beliefs that are just that we all have as humans. When we first come into the world, we're dependent on our caregivers and we're dependent on our parents. And the way that we survive is that we tune into their vibration. We tune into their energy mm -hmm. and their beliefs, mm -hmm. and we adopt those beliefs so that they will accept us and approve us of us and bring us in, into the fold, so to speak. And we understand that on an instinctual level. And so when we adopt their beliefs, we also adopt their limitations, their limiting beliefs. And also the subconscious is a protective mechanism and it's not going to allow us to do anything that's going to jeopardize that relationship with our caregivers. So early on, that's a powerful protective mechanism. But when we become adults and we're no longer being taken care of by our parents, those limiting beliefs now start limiting our lives and these things can be changed for the most part they don't change for most people unless you do some specific things to, to consciously make that change which is very interesting i mean I, it certainly matches what i've seen with people who come out of a family that has a certain threshold you know a success threshold whatever that is um and they have a hard time getting beyond that. In fact, what I notice is many times when they got close to going above that, you know, being more successful than their parents, they sabotage themselves and drop back into the family. Is that the same kind of pattern? Exactly. Classic example of uh, the, the glass ceiling of the subconscious programming. So it, that's exactly right. Uh, I, I had a friend years ago who was same thing. He he couldn't make more than $20,000. This was years ago because that was how much his father made. Mm -hmm. And, and if he were to make more than his father, then he would feel like there was some kind of, it would, it would jeopardize that relationship. Now this is all unconscious mm -hmm. behavior, uh, unconscious beliefs that affect our behavior. So he would exactly do that. He would sabotage anything over and above that. Okay, which raises an interesting question. Um, back when I was doing training, I was in a um, psychiatric hospital doing part of the training. And part of that meant that all the doctors would gather around and they would bring in patients, you know, and they would question. And at one point, I had several psychiatrists who were saying to the person, do you realize the unconscious stuff that you have going on here? And the patient very wisely said, well, if it's unconscious, of course I don't. <laughs> So that raises the question, how do people get to that, you know, how do you find those pieces? How do you know, how do you identify the difference between a limiting belief and just plain reality? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, reality. What is reality? See, reality, <laughs> reality is, is individual. Every single person has a different reality. Now, we might all buy into common beliefs that we all share. Uh, and agree as is reality. However, one person right next to the next person, one person's going to say, oh, life is great. Life is easy. Everything flows easily. And the next person's going to say life is terribly hard and everything's a struggle. And that is based on their conditioning 
that their mind is now creating that reality experience for them. We are very powerful beings and we are all creating our own experience. And it's quite amazing how uh, intricate that it all and how it fits together. But any, any experience that you can imagine having, there, there are other people out there who are willing to play the part of the other side of that experience. And when you program your subconscious mind, all we do is we program ourselves to experience that and then things change in the outer world. Um, and that's how you start to become conscious of this process when you see it happening. I've had this conversation many, many times over the last three plus decades. And one of the most common things that I come up against is talking about something that people haven't experienced yet. So to, to, to discuss this topic, it's one thing to talk about it. It's another thing when you actually start experiencing it. And so people who we are, we take through our, our uh, program where we're assisting them through this process, um, they're becoming more conscious every day and we're, and we're assisting them in recognizing these things. But the tools that we use, we have some advanced technologies uh, that we use, they're actually doing most of the work for them. These are very advanced technologies and it's clearing out a lot of those old limiting beliefs on autopilot. Uh, so the manual way that I'm discussing here is very, very powerful. Uh, however, it is, you work on one thing at a time when you're doing this specific program. Now I've used it to do all kinds of things over the last 30 years. Uh, and I've shared it with other people who have also had all kinds of great experience with it. But really the, the awakening process happens when you start using it because it can seem like magic because it's so when you when you really start getting into it and, and peeling back the layers and recognizing what's happening underneath, you realize that there's no mysticism about it. This is the, and you start to understand the mechanics of it. You start to recognize it and you say, oh, OK, well, it's amazing that our world is like this uh, and so uh, intricate and complex. And at the same time, you can see that it's it's not uh, it's not a mystery why it's happening. There are very logical steps that are fitting to pieces that are fitting together to create these outcomes. Okay. So two pieces I want to kind of, um, kind of push forth and see if you see if this is where you are. So first of all, the process that you're going to talk about a little bit here, the manual process is kind of like using a mule and a plow that works, that works, it gets it done versus jumping on, you know, the machinery and letting the machinery do the work instead of you. Is that, that a fair analogy? Yes. yes. Still works still proves the point you can still have a garden it's just the uh there's a little more heavy lifting to it exactly okay good. the second thing that i'm wondering is it sounds like what you're saying is it doesn't necessarily matter that you locate the limiting beliefs because you're actually putting in um for instance you didn't have to sit back and and say that day when you were saying i'm available and whatever the rest of that formula was but you didn't have to say, wow, you know, I remember my dad telling me I would never amount to anything. And, you know, you didn't have to go through that. You right. instead was, were saying, here's what I'm going to try to be. That's right. It's exactly that. Uh, what we focus on is what expands in this. And we do not need to go. We don't have to go back and relive the past and, and rehash those old things. What we focus on expands and when we're talking about the subconscious mind, 
the subconscious mind is is much like a computer. It just receives the programming that you give it and it executes the commands. It does not reason. It doesn't ask you, are you sure you want to put this program in here? It won't ask. It'll just accept it. If you do it the correct way, it'll accept it and it'll adopt that new program and it will align things up that makes your reality now match that new program. So as my old data processing teacher way back in the 80s said, trash in, trash out. <laughs> right. Or figure out what you want it to be and, and it goes the other way. The trash in, trash out is usually what people are doing by default. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yes, exactly. Now, when you become aware of this process, you can put in something that is worthy of uh, you and your life. And uh, the process itself is very easy. It's very simple and can be done in, in minutes. So let's talk about the process. Okay. So when we sleep at night, we go through different dream stages. We go through different phases of our sleep. And uh, in the most receptive time, if we're looking to how, how the, the idea here is, well, how are we going to bypass the critical mind, which is what the filter is that blocks things from changing in the subconscious mind. So, so the subconscious is designed to resist change. That's, that's what it does. So that's why people have a hard time changing their behavior because uh, the subconscious is programmed to keep things the same. It's a protective mechanism. It's an important part of, of, of our survival. Um, however, like I mentioned before, now we have new beliefs that we wanted to adopt and we wanted to uh, take uh, to start em- employing into our lives, putting into our lives. Okay, so the process, what we're doing is we're we're using a synergistic approach here uh, by doing things in a certain way at a certain time in order to bypass that critical factor, that filter. So that's the key here is to get past the resistance. And resistance can show up in a lot of different ways, but we'll just talk about this front-end resistance first. Okay, so to get past that that guard at the gate, we do it just before we go to sleep because that's the time when the critical mind is the least attentive. It's like the guard is starting to doze off, and you know how you can you kind of start getting into that uh, drowsy state. That's that's when you're really starting to move into that uh, highly influential, highly suggestible. Uh, time, tiny little window of time. It's kind of the, hypno, the hypno, not hypnogogic kind of stage. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so, whatever you put, whatever you're, whatever you have been uh, examining and thinking about and feeling about just before you go to sleep, then goes into your. It starts to go into your dream state, and your and your. When we go into the first state, which is the. Uh, precognitive dream state. That's the time when your mind is is examining all of those things, primarily what you've been exposed to in the last 30 minutes before sleep. And it puts that into, it takes that into its, its system and it starts to process that. And then the next phase is the uh, prophetic dream stage. And that's when it's taking all that information and it's making projections and possible outcomes and lining things up. And so, for example, if you have a dream and you wake up 
during that prophetic dream stage, uh, it's possible that that's a dream that's going to come true because that's when your mind is making those types of projections. And I've experienced that on a number of occasions. Uh, and then the final stage that we go through is the venting stage. And that's usually mostly the last couple of hours of sleep. So if you wake up from a sleep and, you're, and you have a nightmare and it's towards the end of your sleep, you can relax knowing that that's just your mind dumping information that it doesn't want to hold on to anymore. Okay, so, so that's the whole process of the, what's going on with our minds. And by the way that we, now here's the synergistic approach I mentioned. We do it just before sleep. That's one part. The next part is that we do it in cursive. We write, we handwrite in cursive exactly what it is that we would like to experience in the present tense as though it already exists. Now, there are some little tricks and, and nuances to this aspect of it. And this is where I decided 30 plus years ago that I was going to master this process because it really makes a difference what words you use. It makes a difference what positioning that you use. You can use the same words and mix them around a little bit and, and get a different outcome. So I've spent the last uh, three plus decades uh, experimenting with those types of things and, and having other people experiment with them as well. Okay, so I've got to be a pain. <laughs> um, I can't do cursive. I, I truly cannot do cursive. Um, I have a learning disability and I don't do cursive. Like all the way through school, I resisted because it wouldn't happen. So am I out of luck or <laughs> is there another way? Well, that's such a cool question. Um, and, and I'm really glad that you were bold enough to ask that. Uh, and the, the good news is that I believe that whatever your learning disability was is something that can be reversed and undone, so to speak. Uh, now, I don't know enough about the particulars, but generally speaking, it's usually patterns. It's patterns that people have picked up from some experience somewhere along the line in their life. Uh, and, and even if they have had some kind of disability, those things also can be uh, changed and improved. So I believe that you can uh, pick up the ability to write in cursive. Uh, and there are some things that you can do to assist you in, in, in making that happen. Is this a, can you tell me more about that? Uh, yeah, I'm dyslexic. And, uh, oh. so whatever there is belief or wiring or whatever it is. Um, so if I have to do it in cursive, I, I couldn't even start the process of trying to undo that. So I'm just wondering, let, let me put it a different way. Why cursive? What does that make a difference and how does that change the access point? It's important because it's a right brain activity versus a left brain activity. And so right brain activities, the, the, the subconscious is a lot more accepting uh, when this is another way that we're, we're bypassing that filter. Uh, we're sneaking it in as, a, as an artistic expression, if you will, mm -hmm. rather than a, an analytical thing. Because if it's an analytical thing, that gives your, your mind more ammunition to resist the change. If it's artistic, it's like it just flows in more easily. So this is one of the one of those uh, elements of that synergistic approach. Okay. Okay. So you're accessing a different part of the, the brain process instead of it being the logical, when I write something down, a note, I'm uh, making it as fact, you know, as a 
thought process. You're trying to bring that in as a creative process. Correct. Correct. Uh, for you personally, I'm, I'm going to recommend that you have a private screening with us and experience our new technology and just see how quickly that whole dyslexia thing can change. That'd be interesting. <laughs> okay. Okay. So let's, let's stay with, uh, with how others can experiment and you and I could talk about what, what <laughs> okay. we can do beyond that. Um, so a cursive, um, I put down, you have to do it in cursive exactly what you want in the present tense as if it already is. Correct. So talk some about that piece. So we got, we covered the cursive piece, but why the, as if it already is. Well, let's, let's kind of address the, uh, the, the tense first, meaning, meaning present tense here. Mm -hmm. The reason for that is let's say you're a lot of people say they get all motivated and they say, I will be successful. Mm -hmm. Yes, I will be successful. And what that tells the subconscious mind is, okay, in the future, line up success in this person's reality. At well, another time, not now. Tomorrow, tomorrow, it's going to be again in the mm -hmm. future. And the next day again in the future, and it'll never be in the, in the now. Mm -hmm. So this is why it's really important to embody it in the now. And while you're doing the writing, the more you can uh, feel into that experience, the, and make it vivid and laugh about it, the better. Now, when I say laugh about it, that's a, a, an important aspect of it because if we if we make it like it's a struggle or difficult or we mm -hmm. don't really believe it, then we're adding that energy into it when it goes into the program and then it's going to affect the outcome. So if we, I, I recommend that you laugh about it like, wow, what if this actually came true? You know, in your mind, you're thinking, wow, I'm this is so great. I can write anything that I would like and uh, there are no limits here. And what if this actually came true? That's some of the most powerful energy right there because you're detached. And when you're detached, you're not creating more resistance. And there's a, an abundant flow of all that we could ever ask for available to all of us at any given time. The question is, are we allowing that in? And what determines that for the most part, is our subconscious programming, the blueprint that was written when we were children between the birth, between birth and the age of reason, roughly around eight years old. So how we interpreted life, if we decided the world was a fun place, then we'll attract situations where it always shows up that the world is a fun place, if it's a hard place, and so on. Whatever we decided as from our experiences and our interaction, whatever impressions that we took on, uh, became a belief about our, how the world is. And those are the subconscious beliefs I'm talking about. When you change those subconscious beliefs, you change the quality of your life. Okay. So if I can push and see if I'm right about this, um, you're talking about a time period when we are fairly pre-verbal. We're, we're mastering the verbal skills. And so as you're building in these beliefs at that pre-verbal time, that's why the logic doesn't work. You can't tell yourself out of those because it's pre-verbal locked in there. Um, and part of making it, uh, I think you use the term vivid. So you know, creating that picture in your mind also speaks to that uh, nonverbal part. Would that, is that a fair? Absolutely. Okay. Very well put. Very okay. well put. Okay. So we're trying to tap into this abundant flow. Um, 
and you're writing it in cursive. I just want to kind of make sure we're getting some of the formula down. Um, so writing it in cursive, exactly what you want in the present tense as if it, is, as if it already is. So we covered the present tense uh, because the future tense always kicks it out there. Let's talk a little bit then about as if it already is. How, how do you do that piece? So you you use your creative mind to describe the details of the experience. Now, what you'll find is that the more you do this, the more you will start to kind of zero in on the important factors that will influence the outcome that you're seeking. Um, and, and like I said, each word creates a different type of an outcome. Um, so uh, what else was it that you were asking? Yeah, I'm just wondering how, um, uh, if, you're, if you're trying to create the as if it already is piece, how, what, that, uh, what that looks like. So, for instance, you were, when you talked about your own experience, your, your first test of that, basically it was two lines. Mm-hmm. You weren't focused on a whole lot there, and so I, I was wonder, kind of wondering as you were saying that. I was like, okay, two lines. That's I mean that that would probably take me twenty thirty seconds, and right. I go to sleep pretty quick. So yeah, twenty thirty seconds, <laughs> and I roll over and I'm gone. Um, that's probably not going to get me as far as what you're describing. So I'm trying to get a feel for what that the process would really look like. Well, there are a lot of different ways that you can approach this. Okay. Okay, um, you can approach it from the perspective of I attract things into my experience. Um, so, and when you think about it, these are all, you're programming yourself to, to do specific actions all the time, or you're either programming yourself to do something or you're programming a reality, a, a description of a reality that you would like to experience. Okay, um, I, I recommend playing around with all of it. I like to attract things. I like to manifest things. I like to experience things. Experience is a powerful word. And w- another important factor is I always like to program in easily hmm. because you can manifest easily or you can do it in a more difficult manner. And there's no difference in the outcome. It's just a question of what's the quality of your life in between. And you can you can program. your. I, I, I learned this fairly early on when I was programming myself, you know, we hear a lot of motivators say, you know, get out and make things happen. At least years ago, it was that way. And so when I first started programming is I make things, you know, I make big things happen. And after a while, I realized I was doing a lot of work. And when I started looking back at my programming, it dawned on me, okay, I'm programming that I'm making it all happen. So it didn't happen unless I did it. So therefore I had to do it all. And it completely is a different perspective on things. And I just, I made one little tweak, started programming that it just happens. And this is the reality that shows up for me. And things started happening where other people did the work and everybody was happy because it just seemed to fit. And that's how beautiful our, our world is. Whatever we would like to experience all we have to do is program it, and there are people and resources that will willingly show up and fulfill the other part of that uh, experience. So words like easily or effortlessly are important to make sure that you're 
uh, um, you're not making the plow harder. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you're, you're shifting over a little bit. Okay. Um, okay. So um, a couple of things that just I'm thinking about how people normally live their lives. And a lot of people, you know, you, you talk about this half hour before going to sleep, going to bed. I know a lot of people in that half an hour are uh, watching the 11 o'clock news, which is full of fearful stuff. Uh, They're checking their emails to see what crisis they get to face in the morning. Um, They're looking at all the cool things that all of their friends are doing on Instagram and Facebook and everywhere else that they're not doing. (laughs) Um, How how does that fit into the programming that we're doing um, in not such good way, the trash in, trash out stuff? Yeah, it's a vicious cycle. The more that they watch the news, the more they're going to see those kinds of things showing up in the world. And uh, that's the worst thing that a person can do is is put that kind of stuff in their minds before going to sleep. Uh, I I recommend that people cherish this time. And you you will start cherishing the time. If you start doing this process, you will realize that, wow, every single day I have a chance. I have an opportunity to really change my life and change the outcome of things. And as you start to experience it, you're going to get excited. You're going to get really excited. You're going to you're going to realize that all the possibilities that are available to you that you didn't know that you had before. You, you didn't realize that you had control over this in your life and that, that you can affect this change and, and change your reality, your experience of reality. So is this a nightly practice? For, uh, let's go back. You, your little experiment, it was one night and the next day you saw the results. Um, is this something you practice on a nightly process? And if so, do you focus on the same things or are you kind of building on something or is it some new thing you want in your life every night? I mean, how does that work? All of the above. Okay. Okay. And I, I love that question because it, it always gives me an opportunity to recommend that you experiment with it yourself. Um, I, there are some declarations that I, I call them power declarations mm-hmm. Uh, and rather than affirmations, and there's a reason why, and we can come back to that in a minute. Um, so there are a number of power declarations that I write repeatedly and have been for years. Uh, and there are the, the process only really requires one time. So you can write something once, uh, and and there are going to be effects that will show up in your life the following day. Now, whether or not you recognize them, that's up to you. So I always, in my, in my ebook, I give people a a few templates and things to, to do. And one of the things that I recommend people do is that they program themselves right at the beginning, that they recognize the effects of their programming. Mm -hmm. This is really important because I'll just give you an example. Um, when I first started learning about this, I was so excited about it. I told one of my friends, and so I told him what to do, and and he he just he said he wanted to manifest more abundance in his life, and so he I gave him some things to write, and he wrote them, and then I saw him a couple of weeks later, and I said, "So how's it going with the writing?" And he said, "Well, I did it for a few nights, and then I didn't see anything happen, so I." I haven't done it again. And I said, Oh, okay. Well, I didn't, I didn't, it was fairly new to me at the time. So I, I just listened to what he said and I didn't think much. It seemed odd to me that nothing would happen. And then he proceeded to tell me that somebody just gave him 
a pair of Klipschhorn folded corner horn speakers that are $2,500 a piece unfinished. And he got two finished speakers. And I said, wait a minute, isn't that abundance? And he said, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. I didn't think about it like that. So he never made the connection. He did the programming, he got the result, but he didn't make the connection. And, and because he didn't make the connection, he stopped doing it. Hmm. That, is a, that is a classic way that the, re, the subconscious resists. So you don't need, notice it or you say, oh, but there's a reason for that. There's an explanation. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay. And, and lately I've been giving an analogy to our members um, of how uh, what it is that you desire. Is, you know, you plant the seed and, and we'll say that you do that by writing your, your power declaration at night. You plant the seed. And what most people typically do when they have a desire or a goal is they'll plant the seed. And as soon as the first sign shows up of, of, a, of movement in that direction, they might get excited about it. And then either they're another part of themselves or someone else says, well, that doesn't mean anything, you know, that just because some little thing like that, that's just a coincidence. And then what do they do? They squash the, the, the little seedling that was growing. They just, that that's akin to just putting their foot on it and squashing it down to the ground. They say, yeah, it's not growing. It's a weed there. So I'll cut that down. <laughs> <laughs> and the, and the quantum field, the energy field that's responding to us says, Oh, okay. I guess you didn't really want it. So we won't, we won't line those up for you anymore. Mm. Okay. So you made reference that power declarations is something you would use rather than the term affirmations. Yes. This is another way of, uh, bypassing the resistance. And it's simply a reframing of what it is that you're doing. Uh, I do like to do this in all of my writing. So for example, um, sometimes if I'm, if I want to write something that my conscious mind doesn't really fully believe is true, I don't want to, I'd, I'd, I'd rather not affirm something that I just can't get behind because it'll actually create the opposite effect. And that's kind of what affirmations do. Uh, people have been told, you know, affirm something, make a statement, affirm it. Uh, and, and by the very definition of the word, you're affirming a reality that doesn't exist. And there's a part of your mind that knows that it doesn't exist. And so it's going to say, well, wait a minute, that doesn't, that's not really true. And, and you're the energy of the counterproductive energy gets, gets connected to that. So this is why affirmations can actually backfire on people. And, and I'm all for positive thinking. It's just that the best way to use positive thinking is to do it through your subconscious mind. Uh, so we use our conscious mind to tell our subconscious mind to, to, to create positive results that would come about from our positive thinking. Okay, so is, so, is it the difference in the term affirmation versus making a declaration? Is that... Okay. Exactly. Okay. So when you're the same when thing. you're de exactly, and when you're declaring it, it's just a it's a it's a reframing of it, uh, and it does make a difference when you're declaring something. And I and I mention this because it's good to carry this whole idea right into your writing when you're when you're constructing your programming, uh, declaring versus affirming. So um, so one of the things that I another way to bypass the resistance is to program I choose to X, Y, Z. So I choose to experience abundance in my life. I choose to experience uh, an increase in my cash flow daily, for as an, as an example, if, if it's about financial abundance. 
Uh, and it can go into any area of your life, relationships, you name it, communication, getting promoted at work. Uh, I use it to win contests and prizes all the time. Uh, the event where I uh, found out about you, mm-hmm. I-, I won the ticket to that event and I won not just once, I won two times. I won his contest and won tickets. So I'll be going to the event again. Uh, and that was through my subconscious program. I wrote it the night before. The next day I, I won the contest. And it's kind of a funny story because uh, my partner, Amy and I, we, we, were, we, we, we bought the training and wanted to go to the event together, but it didn't, only one ticket came with the training mm-hmm. and it didn't make sense to buy the whole training over again just to get a ticket. So ultimately it was less than what he was charging for the whole event. So while Amy was in the back room getting ready to buy a whole nother program, we decided to go ahead and do it. I said, well, you know, I'll just win a ticket. But she wanted to make sure. So she was in the, the other room buying one and I got on the, on, in the contest. And sure enough, he draws my name. He says, Carl Hunter, he's the winner. So I said, hey, Amy, don't worry about it. I just won. Got discovered. The universe has got us. <laughs> That's right. Okay. All right. So um, I think you've given enough. Is, are there other pieces in order for somebody to try this out? Um, are there any other pieces they need to know? Or is that a good start? Or you mentioned the ebook. Would that be a piece that would maybe flesh it out a little bit more for them? Absolutely. Um, one other thing that I did not mention was to always write in the positive. Okay. okay so and flip side, never in the negative, always in the positive. So you, you, you're not going to say, I do not such and such because the subconscious is only going to register the vibration of the such and such mm-hmm. and not the do not part. So we just we focus on the vibration of what it is that we'd like to see more of happening. So that's really probably the main other thing. And as far as the ebook is concerned, yes, everything is contained in the ebook. It's it's really mostly just like a how-to manual that tells you the specifics and gives you templates so that you don't have to recreate the wheel here. Um, and you can you can benefit from my 30 plus years of experience and just plug in the words and things that you would like to have the outcome. And as you start to do that and start uh, experiencing the results from it, then then uh, you can start to branch out from there and uh, you write things in more detailed description around your own particular uh, experience. How can people get the ebook? You can download the ebook at mindflavors.com forward slash ebook. So it's M-I-N-D-F-L-A-V-O-R-S dot com slash ebook. And that's at no charge, correct? Correct. Yes. So uh, a great way, I mean, it, again, just like you did, you can be skeptical about this process and still test it out <laughs> and, and see if, uh, if you get some results. Um, mindflavor.com would be a starting just to kind of poke around there if you want to. But if you're interested in giving an experiment, um, we've got directions here that uh, may make more sense also in the ebook. So if this is kind of picked your interest, Try it out. Uh, give it a shot and see if, um, if you, by following the step by steps, you can uh, bypass that uh, subconscious stuff that you've had in your mind for a long time and get to something different. You know, it's funny that you say that, Lee, because uh, early on when I was sharing this with a lot of people, that I was telling everybody about it, I experimented with that. And I told some pe- a lot of people, I told them, I said, I don't want you to believe that it's going to work. 
I want you to just do it yeah. and see. And without any exception, every single person got results. One of the things that I, a lot of times people are, believe that skepticism means that you refuse to believe something. And for me, it's to test in order to believe. And that's a, that's a strong place to come from. So you're giving people an opportunity to, to get a taste of this um, at no charge, at, at no cost, at just go give it a try. So that's a, a powerful uh, place to just experiment a little bit and see what happens. Yes. Carl, thank you so much for sharing with us. And uh, again, uh, mindflavor.com. If you're interested in trying that out, mindflavor.com slash ebook. Yeah, just let me mention yeah. it's mind, fla mind flavors with I'm an sorry, S. mind flavors. You'll yes. find that link in the show notes, but mind flavors, there are multiple flavors. So make sure you get <laughs> mindflavors.com. Sorry about that. That's good. Well, thanks so much for having me today, Lee. I really appreciate you uh, letting me share the message and getting the word out. Thank you for sharing. My pleasure. You've been listening to the Thrivology Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you want more information, visit us at Thrivology.com or at ThrivologyMagazine.com. Remember that Thrivology is spelled T-H-R-I-V-E-O-L-O-G-Y. It's your life. Time to live it. Thank you.